0: Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite video games. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my marvelous co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt? Pumpkins. Pumpkins. It is pumpkin season. It is true. And, you know, maybe I'll order a pumpkin latte today. Uh, but that's not what you're here for. You're not here to here to hear about pumpkins or lattes. Or maybe that's it is. exactly
1: what I'm here for.
0: Okay, so we're just going to yeah. go to Pumpkin Watch now?
1: Yeah. All right, cool. well the the lore of pumpkins is fascinating. First discovered in the, in the Americas during the period of invasion from Europe, the pumpkin is a magnificent gourd and I'm 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 not doing this. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs>
0: All right, but we are going to be answering more of your questions today uh, from you and our community. If you do have questions for this or either of our other podcasts, be sure to send them into podcast at BlizzardWatch.com. You can also go ahead and shoot those to us on Discord, where a lot of these actually came from. Uh, We do have a channel set aside for our Patreon supporters as a way of saying thank you and giving them sort of first billing if they have questions that they want answered. But those of you that can't support us on Patreon, we understand uh, times being what they are and all, uh, but we do have one for our Q questions, which we do also look at for questions for the podcast. Just specify which podcast it is for, please. Uh, this way, Matt and I don't have to argue or fight. Even though I did steal one for the other, from the regular show for this one. Ah <laughs> So our first question comes from Beerhammer, a dwarf shaman of Moonguard. Question for Lore Watch: Some of my favorite in Wo- uh, favorite moments in WoW are when I come across a diverse group of mobs, such as the Venture Co. and Bloodsail Buccaneers. It's curious to see such diverse alliances consisting of a wide array of cultures and backgrounds. It is interesting to learn about the genesis of each faction as to why unsuspected NPCs decide to form an alliance to pursue particular means. In the future, what are some new factions or groups that could potentially be formed uh, in the future based on the events that occurred in recent history of Warcraft? And could they have a role in that vacation expansion you two are yearning for? And I hope for this, too. That's sort of a it's a good question, because, wow, groups like that are the impetus behind, like, the third faction movement uh, that a lot of people have been asking for for a very, very, very long time, uh, almost as long as the game has been around. Um, they uh, do operate sort of in between where you'll see dwarves and trolls working together, um, or, you know, gnomes and tauren, or whatever the case is. There's the potential for those that don't operate within the necessary confines of whatever horde or alliance structure there is to kind of pave their own way. They're not part of sort of that military structure or that societal structure. And they just kind of do their own independent thing. Um, I think Battle for Azeroth probably has and maybe even Legion has the most potential to really give us a little bit more of that, but how that would look I don't necessarily know yet. Matt, do you have any ideas?
1: Well, I think that about 7,500 years ago, pumpkins were first cultivated in North America. <laughs> so, now, um honestly, I I don't really even feel like we need to do anything as strong as have like a third faction. Sure. We could just let people group with whoever. <clears throat> Like, I honestly thought that the end of Battle for Azeroth kind of put us in a good place to finally just say, okay, the status quo is both sides are looking at the other and going, eh, you know, because, I mean, not a lot of friendship going on there. Uh, The Horde has spent a lot of time making absolutely sure the Alliance knows that they think they're dogs. Uh, So there's, there's, you don't get to burn a major capital of your of the other faction and then you know sorry our bad let's be friends sure yeah. it's not like an accident but you could have it basically be where both factions are like avoiding each other or what what they call a cold war and you could have you know groups just forming like that are like you know what we opt out of this where this this come get back to me when you're not crazy and just form their own loose assortments. I mean, the weird thing about World of Warcraft is, since it comes from the RTS, it very much tries to maintain that RTS feeling to it. Mm-hmm. But it also lifts a ton from, like you know, D and D. Oh yeah, like absolutely. It, and in D and D, you could you easily could have groups like you know. I'm a I'm a red wizard from Thay. Uh, I'm I'm a good person from a good place. How, why are we on the same squad again? Uh, we have common goals. What are those goals? Looting things. Okay, yeah, I, I, I do like looting things. So. I always wonder, like you know, we go to these dungeons and stuff. Couldn't we just be going to dungeons to get loot, the way people always have been going to dungeons to get loot? And you could have a torn and a dwarf who maybe they don't get along on anything else, but they they're united in their love of taking stuff from other people. I when I, when did burglary not wasn't not good enough anymore, and it had to have like you know factional hate you know brought into it. I, I feel like adventuring could be its own reward, and it doesn't need to be about you know these two antagonistic political groups jockeying for position and you once again, being forced to be the, the sharp tip of the really poorly aimed spear. It's like when we went to Pandaria, and it was like, wow, we really messed this place up. If only we'd listened to them as they repeatedly told us not to do this. Huh? Oh, well, anyway,
0: it's, it's also fascinating too, because like I'm looking at like some of the history and like one of the, the, the biggest factions, I think that, that sort of like spun off from sort of that idea of, everybody's kind of bad you had the defias right like it wasn't just humans they had worgen they had murlocs they had they had creatures and beings that necess- Yeah, but they
1: were they were very anti-stormwind
0: though they were very anti-stormwind yes but i'm just saying like that was probably like the first i think introduction to like that idea but i also really like the idea of the normal citizen right and it's We always sort of focus on these factions made up of, like, these adventurers or these super important people, when in truth, things like, you know, Explorers League or whatever whatever other groups are out there, they're not necessarily really adventurers. They're just normal people. So they could be coalitions of farmers or uh coalitions of like you know groups that just live next to each other because that's the other thing too. There are border towns. there are lands that butt up against each other that have opposing factions. And if you're a farmer and you're just trying to eat out a living, do you really want to fight with your neighbor all of that time? If you're on the other side and the, there's a there's an orc pig farmer and you're just trying to grow pumpkins because there's a lot of those in, in, in Westfall for some reason. I don't know.
1: They were imported from you know South America around. You
0: know. <laughs> it all comes back to pumpkins. But do you really want to fight with them? Do you really have the time, the energy to survive if you get into an engage with it? Is it better to just have an understanding or a mutual like I'm not going to mess with your stuff. You don't mess with my stuff. We're good. Or maybe you know rabid worgen come in and they start ravaging the pigs and they start ravaging uh the farmlands that the 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 human farmer is and they have to band together like i like those type of alliances because they're based off of not some political structure or some like grand like oh the world is ending threat it's no this is just daily survival and i think battle for azeroth kind of opened up a lot of uh, a lot of that, really, because a lot of what you deal with, even though we're the champion and we're dealing with or or speaker or whatever the heck title you had and doing those big, important things, a lot of it is, you know, a lot of the questing, at least from what I saw, was dealing with normal people out in the world and them getting into weird situations or like bad situations, especially like I think the Alliance had more of that in Battle for Azeroth. But it was I could absolutely see the average person Being like, what the big wigs are doing isn't working for us. We need to just survive. I'm going to be over here now. That guy over there, yeah, he looks different than me. Maybe his skin's falling off, whatever. He ain't bothering me right now. Uh, We're good. And I could see maybe more folks sort of breaking away from that. I like the idea of like regular folks not wanting to get involved in that and just trying to live a life. And that's what sort of makes these groups up. I would like to see more of that, I think. What about you?
1: no nothing but conflict i want to see farmers stabbing each other no um you reminded me of when you go into uh oh bloody heck uh it's in battle for azeroth it's storm song storm song valley when you go to Stormsong valley and you get to that first town and then you're like they're like hey over the bridge just go over there and talk to so-and-so and you're just like okay so you start walking across the bridge and then a cut scene happens and you're like oh god no it's never good when a cut scene happens no, while you're never. walking over a bridge and, you know, the horde just starts firebombing the place and you, you get in there and there's like there's farmers stuck to walls with their own pitchforks. And I'm sitting there going, why? W- like, what does the horde get out of this? This town is in the middle of freaking nowhere. It does nothing. I, that's the kind of thing I don't want to see anymore. I, I feel like it's like if we're going to have faction conflict, could the faction conflict at least make sense?
0: Yeah. Like, like stop slaughtering like innocents because that just doesn't make any sense anymore.
1: It's not even that it doesn't make sense. It's like this is not a strategic place. It's just a farm town in the middle of nowhere. It's it's not important to Colteris even, which isn't even in the Alliance yet. You you managed to successfully make Colteris want to be in the Alliance. Good job. If that's what you were going for. Um, so I I I think it would be nice to see like just farmers like you know, one guy's growing pumpkins and he's got some sheep, and the other side there's a there's a an orc trying to get a pig to eat a cactus and the the humans eventually um uh pardon me fella
0: yeah what
1: what you want i I couldn't help but notice you're trying to feed a cactus to your your pig there yeah what about it nobody likes to eat cactus
0: that is not true Uh, sir cactus is a delicacy
1: what are you getting at it's got spikes all over it. You, you you gotta like if you cut it open inside the the flesh is full of water that's that's great but you're just handing them big old chunks of spikes and expecting them to eat them it'll make them strong uh, no it'll shred his insides uh, let me show you some pumpkin and like 20 minutes later they're sitting on a stoop somewhere the pig's eating a bunch of pumpkins and he goes where do me get more of these pumpkins uh well you know I've I raised them but I, I do need to sell some of them I'll pay you in meat well I haven't had meat in a while it's true uh, when the Nephias fellas came through, they kind of rounded up all the animals. Yeah, all right. Can we make that work? And then, you know, 10 years later, that's how we built a thriving town here. Isn't that right, Grogthor? I guess. Yeah, I wasn't really listening to you. You talk a lot. <laughs> but just, you know what I mean? Like, let's just, let's just, like, stop. It's, I, ju- yeah, I, we I have got things
0: I... to fight. I kind of feel like that's more close to the reality of, like, what life would no, really I, be like, right?
1: But that's my. I don't really care if it's reality at this point. I just don't want to have to have any more, you know, walking into a barn and seeing a guy impaled on his own pitchfork because the, the Horde and Alliance have decided to get uppity again. I'm just, I, I am tired of that story. I would like to see
0: other stuff. And um, and we understand that uh, that's sort of the core, like, that that is a core history of the game. And I don't want people to think that we're just, you know. Oh, uh, you know what? Never- uh, you know what? But I will can...
1: actually. I'm All gonna right, do go
0: it. Ahead. I'm gonna pull go the trigger on it. Go ahead. It,
1: it. I don't care that it's a core story. We've done it. We have done it into the ground. I. Whenever time someone suggests that maybe we could change it up, do something different, some old guard person would come out of the woodwork with this is you know the war between the orcs and humans is the co- is the core part of World of Warcraft, and I'm like, you guys got tired of it.
0: It stopped being about it, orcs and humans a long time ago.
1: You ended it in Warcraft 3. You ended it. It was ended. Then when you decided you wanted to do World of Warcraft, you were afraid it wouldn't work without the conflict. So yes, you could have put everybody into one faction. You could have had everybody trying to figure out how to get along. And you chose not to, thinking that that's what made Warcraft what it was. And we've had 16 years of it. And I don't hate World of Warcraft, and I don't even hate that's the faction conflict. That's what I was going to say, yeah. I I just think it's time to do something else and they're trying to do something else. Shadowlands is a big step forward in that, that they, they've took the story someplace nobody was expecting and it's full of weird stuff that nobody knows what to do with. That's cool. Maybe not all of it is, I think most of the gameplay stuff's pretty solid. A little bit of it might not be and needs to be adjusted. But the story is actually, it's branching out. It's getting into other things. We're going places where nobody gives a rat's behind about the and Alliance.
0: And and I think that's refreshing, right? And that's, you're hitting the point that I was... You're hitting the point that I was exactly getting to. It's not that we're just doing it angrily it. because I, it angrily, to actually,
1: yes. I want to do it angrily for once. I'm tired of always and that's... pretending that we like everything. I right. mean, and you and I have different tastes. We have different things yeah. we like. It's like you, you feel one way. I feel another way. But on this particular topic, I feel like I have tried for years now to, to be calm and rational and methodical about it and just explain my reasoning. And it doesn't seem to take. And finally, I'm just going to say it like this and let people feel how they want about it. It's time to take complete, not just take a step back from it. Forget it.
0: For me, it's 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 an opportunity to move forward and sort of evolve yeah. the game, right? Like, and that's the way I look at it. And you're absolutely right. And that is, I 100% support you in, in how you present it. But like the way that I look at it is this. We've shown that the faction divide doesn't need to be front and central. We've shown it before. Legion got put aside. Battle for Azeroth, that eventually got put aside because it just, that didn't fit it. Um, and now, even now, like you point out, there's nothing of the faction divide, really. Even even the stuff with Tyrande, love it or hate it, like, even she's starting to, like, find a a middle ground. And that's a hot issue that we can always go into later, but, like... She's starting to figure out that maybe things aren't as black and white as everything they, we thought it was. And I'm here for that. I'm here for that evolution of story. And I want to see it continue to happen. And if we see other, you know, coalitions of folks that feel the same way in game, I would be very, very happy about that. But
1: let I me thi- put another yeah. thing. This is another thing I want to put into this because I know you're, about to, you're trying to wrap it up. So I have to stop you by making it more complicated because that's just me. <laughs> but going back to uh, do you remember Aaron Alston? Uh, vaguely. Yeah, he wrote a lot of RPG stuff back in the 80s and 90s. He died fairly recently. Um, very, very prolific author. He wrote He wrote a lot of the original uh, Dungeons and Dragons Gazetteers for the known world setting.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay.
1: Did a bunch of Star Wars stuff too. Guy wrote a ton. Uh, wrote a bunch of Champions books. One of the things he did in one of his Gazetteers, he wrote the Thiatis and Alphacia book. And they were two empires. They were inimical towards each other, constantly engaged in a whole series of hot and cold wars. But one time they discovered independently, they each discovered a plane of like, like an elemental airplane with all these tumbling rocks in it and weird life in there. And each realized that the other was going to try and explore it first. And rather than fight over it, they actually, you know, reason actually prevailed and they cooperated and they built a fleet together to go in because like they, they were like, um, you've got the ships that, that can fly in, in the elemental void, but we've got all the trained griffin riders. And they were like, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And they actually work together. I would love to see the Horde Alliance do that once, not necessarily out of like any trying of peaceful overture, not trying to be buddies, just re- realizing, okay, it makes more sense if we work together here. Mm-hmm. Each of us will get something we want, uh, and it, it'll defend the planet from invasion. And it's like we see, we get tantalizing glimpses of it from time to time, like the broken shore bit, yeah, up at the intro to Legion, actually could have worked. And I just, I want the story to go along the lines of pragmatism for a little while and, and give us something else. Uh, I'm, I'm just very tired of of this conflict because it doesn't go anywhere. It didn't, you know, it didn't go anywhere for so long that getting to the point where Sarfang dies. For what he did in the, you know, when he was a servant of the the Legion, for for what he did when he was like one of the ones who drank the blood, like Grom Hellscream. That's what you see at the end of Battle for Azeroth is like the old Horde realizing what it did and laying down its life to try and prevent it from ever happening again. You know what I mean? Narratively, that's what you got. That's what that moment was. So it's time for that moment to matter. It's time for like the Hordes trying a new thing with a new government. Uh, It's the Alliance is like, okay, you know, we've, we've been burned by this before we've trusted you and we've been burned, but we're going to try again and let that happen. It doesn't have to change the world immediately. It doesn't have to make it a peaceful place. There's tons of stuff that still wants to kill everything. We can't go in expansion without tripping upon a new cult that wants everything to die. Uh, But I think it's time for the Horn Alliance to just finally realize it doesn't benefit either one of them. They will always end up fighting until like some weird stalemate.
0: Yeah. And, and like there needs to stop being like hiccups in it too. Like with the sword in the, the, the middle of Azeroth the factions trying to come together to heal the planet because they live on the planet. This is where all my stuff is. I don't want it to go and kaboom. Um, there needs to be a little bit more of that and a little less derailment. There's always going to be folks in, in NPCs or characters that will try to take advantage of that and that's fine and figuring out how you deal with that can be part of the story but it doesn't necessarily have to be one faction versus another it could be wow that guy over there's a real big jerk and he's trying to stop us from healing the planet. Maybe we should go beat him with a rock. Well, I got a stick. Sweet. Well, I can put the stick on the rock. Oh, yeah, there we go. And, like, going forth. That's that, and that
1: no machine ingenuity I've heard so much about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, they could do stuff like that, and I would love to see more of that, honestly. I really, really honestly would.
1: And for that matter, and I know we've been talking about this for a while, but it also doesn't have to have the factions involved in it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you've, t- you've talked about groups like the Defias, or the uh the scenario circle or whatever it doesn't even have to be a group or a faction it could literally just be a bunch of people met and decided to hang out yeah like imagine we come upon a town and it's a town with like you know an orc sheriff and a gnome mayor and there's some elves and of different kinds like there's actually a night elf and a blood elf hanging out talking about stuff they're playing oh, yeah, their poker great.
0: night you know you know nothing major yeah.
1: Yeah, just, and they don't care. Maybe because it's like in Outland or it's on some continent no one's ever heard of before exploring like new places of Azeroth. Just, there's places where people went and, you know, because you're going to tell me that between the the last invasion of the Legion, the one before that, this whole death thing, the Scourge rampaging around, people haven't gotten on boats and tried to get the F away. We know people have done that. We've Mm -hmm. seen people do that. Yeah. So. There's got to be places where there's just a bunch of people who got on a boat and, f- and sailed and because found an island. Because they're just tired island. of everything, yeah. Or, or well, like, oh god, everyone's dying. Let's go. You know what I mean? Just, I feel like there must be out-of-the-way places where you could stumble upon these groups of people who just don't care.
0: Yeah, and it could be a really, it could be a really cool. Uh, thing or maybe it happens in Pandaria because you know we're no longer there fighting. Maybe folks went there after everything was like we ruined everything and decided to help clean stuff up and then decided to stay. You know you could do you could do some really cool and interesting things that sort of represent this and and kind of harken back to everything that we've done as players and and you know people in the game world. Right? It doesn't have to. And that's the other argument that I hear a lot is a lot of people try to die on this hill of but if we do this it erases everything we've ever done and no it really doesn't it 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 is a culmination and response to everything that has happened already and i mean put yourself in the average citizen's shoes you've lived through old god invasions uh silithid invasions you countless wars uh, the world blowing like attempting to blow itself up because Deathwing decided he was gonna crash through it and break the pillar that held up everything. Um you've lived through elemental, you know, tragedy. Uh if you're human, you've lived through the Defias Brotherhood coming through and like trying to exact their revenge and taking everything you own because they need supplies or trying to press you into service because press gangs were a thing. Do you want to be around that? Would you have not have just found A way out if you could and there has to be people that that was a thing and so if we could stumble upon those people that have decided to make a new life somewhere else away from all of this away from the world ending tragedy um or away from like even the local tragedy how many corrupted uh towns mayors officials people in power have we experienced throughout the years in both factions you know you're in a town and no there's that priest well, he's a—he's uh, looking a little shady today. I think I saw him talking to a shadow. I don't want to live in this town anymore. Like, stuff like that happens. It has happened. It's been happening for ages. I, I, come on. Like, you can't tell me that elves did not who didn't like ajara didn't go and travel somewhere else to settle. We know they did. Uh, you can't tell me that you can't find random Toran throughout the world because we know that they roamed. That was their whole thing. They moved from their, where they were proto, proto-tauren. You have an opportunity to have some really cool, diverse cultures introduced back into the game that isn't necessarily race specific. And I think that's a really cool idea because a lot of times we sort of tie in race with culture. And we've talked about this on the show in the past, and there is a certain element of that, but there's larger communities that develop their own culture based off of where they are, the cities, the towns, the peoples that live and settle around there. And that defines it more than anything else. But I think we've spent a good 20 some odd minutes on this. I think we're going to move on. Thank you very much for the question, Beerhammer. Um, I'm sure we didn't answer it at all, but I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless. <laughs> um, I think we
1: kind of answered
0: it. Kind of, maybe.
1: <laughs> and hell, we told him about pumpkins.
0: We did. We did. Pumpkins played into it. It's true. Um, speaking of pumpkins, our next one comes from Reactor, a forsaken hunter on Spirestone. Uh, the original Forsaken are comprised of the human citizens of Lordaeron. With all the uses of the Plague, Blight, Valkyr, or what have you, have you thought uh, you have throughout the lore, how come we haven't seen other races afflicted or risen from it? Aside from the elves that became Dark Rangers, I think an undead Torn or dwarf would be awesome. Do you think Blizz will ever have the Dark Rangers in advanced class, like the Death Knights or Demon Hunters? Uh, what could the what would be the Alliance equivalent? Thank you and keep up the great work. Uh Apparently they listen to the podcast on the way to work, uh, and even started listening to older shows. So, and apparently thinks we are accurate in our predictions. Hey, a broken clock is right twice a day. I'm just gonna throw it out there.
1: And a broken clock that screams the naru. <laughs> but how often is that right? The clock just yells naru all the time. They're evil. They're evil.
0: Why is that other one just screaming Argus?
1: <laughs> Get in, losers. We're going to Argus. Get in, losers. <laughs> we're going to Argus. <laughs> This clock is terrible. It does not tell time.
0: Best Photoshop I ever did. Um, uh,
1: Tor, Tor, there's a high mountain named I can't remember his first name, but uh, there's an undead Torrin who, before he was a Death Knight, was undead, and then he became a Death Knight. Yep. Uh, the one of the, fir- one of the first
0: one of the first one of the first four Horsemen was a dwarf.
1: Yeah, that's true too. Uh huh. There, there have been others. It just it is relatively. The thing is, is that the reason that the Scourge is mostly humans is just because it's been used in. Areas that are mostly human. Yeah. It was it was dropped on Lordaeron. That's where most of the people who got scourged were originally. And then the ones that got used up north tended to hit places where there were human settlements. Uh, quite frankly, I want to know, like, there were a lot of raikul up there. Obviously, they went into suspended animation for a long time. Uh, w- were there humans who left the, the, the Eastern Kingdoms and went and settled in Lordaeron? I mean, in Nor- not in Lordaeron, we know they were living there. North in Northrend? Because like, there's farmers and stuff in the Grizzly Hills, and there's clearly human settlements in the Howling Fjord. Uh, Borean Tundra, not so much. But there looks to be quite a few places where they were humans. Were those just descendants from, of the Vrygul who didn't go south? Or were they like settlers who moved back up north from the Eastern Kingdoms? And we know that there were like the, the um, Drust in Kul who are clearly Vrykul-descended. We know there were Vrykul... The, the humans in the Eastern Kingdoms were Vrykul-descended. They were uh, effectively brought by some Vrykul alongside Tyr and uh, Arcadis and Ironia So, all of this has me wondering, like, like the, the Scourge seems to just have hit humans more. He, they used human magicians to spread it, Kael'Thuzad, for instance. They struck up cults among humans who tend to be cultier than dwarves. Not a lot of dwarves and cults. I'm not sure why. Maybe because being a dwarf here. Maybe was the last cult
0: that they had uh, that that the dwarves were in brought Ragnaros to uh, the middle of their mountain? Because that worked out real well well for them.
1: It's dark iron, true. It might be the other reason why they're not as culty because all the cults are over in the dark irons. But yeah, uh, I think it's just generally a case of the Scourge mostly hit uh, places where there were humans. And then, I mean, you would expect to see more high elf slash blood elf because the scourge did march its way straight up through silver moon like there's a giant death line that goes right through the whole place right towards the isle of quelthalas and then they literally just walked on the bottom of the ocean till they then walked back up on the isle of quelthalas so i feel like there should be a lot of humans a fair chunk of elves some dwarves and- you know, but not that many of other races, just because they weren't the ones who were right there it, when it first got used.
0: Interestingly enough, though, like going back to Ice Crown, we see some of this. Like, look at the Bloodwing. A lot of those undead, a lot of those forsaken, like they're not forsaken, quote unquote. They're not free willed, but they are undead, and they are blood elves. They're elves. Like, look at look at Blood Queen Lanathel. Look at the the three uh, orb sharing. Uh, vampire blood elves that that we encounter whether it's through dungeons or in the raid itself and all those little individual packs are you witches know with blood them. elves
1: yeah but you know what? you just made me think of what's that the scourge is very clearly modeled on Maldraxis. it is the vent are clearly the inspiration for the blood the the, the, the vampiric blood elves it's true but, so is there going to eventually be like undead druids because they're modeled after Ardenweald,
0: I mean, why not? Well, technically, that already is, exists, right? Because is that the what we
1: call the the, the Drust Druids? Is that what we think their, their connection is? Well, that leaves one left, and that's the Valkyr are based on the Vry- The Valkyrie are based on the Bastion. So each Vakirians, of these, yeah, yeah. The, the, so each of these groups, like each of these undead groups, has a kind of inspiration in the Shadowlands. That just occurred to me. They, they've all kind of bled through
0: yeah and if you look at the let's go to Maldraxxus real quick because you, as you point out Mal- Maldraxi seems to be like the blueprint that the Scourge was modeled after including the Lich King's own forces right everything we encounter there is vaguely humanoid, uh, no matter what it was in its previous life and one of the first things you do when even if you're not in uh, Maldraxxus well, as your on, faction not,
1: not entirely there's the spider people
0: that's true still humanoid
1: and what does the Scourge go out of its way to, to conquer first? Spider In the people. War of the Spider? Yeah. Yeah. They make their own version of the spider people that you, you meet in Maldraxxus. The Scourge makes its own version.
0: Yeah, the House of Eyes. Um, yeah. That's but, interesting. But like the base rank and file troop, and this is one of the first quests you do when you're just going through, before you pick your actual covenant, is you're going through like the, the carnal pits and arming humanoid- Vaguely human shaped skeletons or zombies or skeletons with flesh, trimmer, whatever they are, to get up out of the muck, go grab a sword, and get back to fighting. And very few of the folks that are in Maldraxis seem to keep their original form. There are obvious exceptions like Morgraine and, um, uh, why can't I think of her name now? Uh, the Naga, Lady Vraka, Vraka, but also Lady Vosh, Lady Vosh. Thank you,
1: Draka, not Vraka.
0: Yeah, Draka, Vosh. Um, very few of them keep their original form. Most of them go into a bipedal human form unless they go to the House of Eyes or have a specific thing that they're built for. Actually,
1: uh, when, when he's talking to Vosh, Mograine points out that when Vosh arrived, she looked like a Night Elf. Yeah. She oh, that's was true. a Night Elf. That's right. That she chose to, to basically transform back into Vosh, that that's what she felt she truly was. But she showed up, she was a Night Elf.
0: That's fair. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, So So one
1: assumes that when they get there, I think based on my limited, admittedly limited understanding of Maldraxis, when you get there, you're you. You're what you were in life, but you can choose what to become. And a lot of the ones that turn into those big, you know, like Baron Vyrax or whatever his name was, he chose that form. That was what he chose to become. So that's interesting in and of itself. The Scourge didn't get that choice. The Scourge are very clearly not Asked what they should look like, but it is still an interesting uh, connection between the two of them. But to get back to the idea of like having various undead on Azeroth, I do think we there are other races afflicted by the scourge, or by by undeath in general. We should say um, we know. Like I said, we know there are some elves. We know there are undead dwarves and undead tauren. Um, I know there's undead trolls. You know, we've definitely seen those.
0: Technically, we know there's all the other races as well because Death Knights yeah. exist, but.
1: It- yeah. So we'd actually, I think there might be, I don't know about, to answer the other question though, about, about Dark Rangers as another class like DKs or Demon Hunters, I don't know. Honestly, though, the thing is, is that Dark Rangers seem very specific to the Forsaken for me, whereas then there's like the Shadow Hunters from the Trolls. Mm-hmm. And night elves have a bunch of you know candidates for what they would be, like sentinels, or possibly even wardens, although that might be a rogue thing. But I think it's almost like you wouldn't really have like a a class for it, just because there would be so many different variations.
0: The only thing that I keep coming back to on that one is that I can already hear some of my guildies uh, saying yes at this, but. As much as I like survival as a melee spec for hunters in general, and I think it's a lot of fun, it is a spec that hasn't been touched in a long time or balanced or really given any sort of attention or love. Um, If they really, really, really wanted to give Dark Rangers a presence after this, Dark Rangers sort of embody that whole survival aspect of being a hunter. In working with the pet, in working in long stints alone, Um, going on deep missions in the middle of nowhere and and having to be completely self-sufficient, if they really wanted to bring something like that into the players, they could reflavor survival as a hunter spec to be more like that, Uh, bring it maybe more back to its roots um, if people are really so unhappy with survival as a lot of people seem to think they are, and give it sort of that flair. And I think that could be something very interesting and could also be a decent aftermath for everything that happens here because with Sylvanas gone from whatever position of power she held in the forsaken, not all of the dark Rangers, I think skipped, ba- like skipped out with her. That would, that would seem weird that they would all be like insanely loyal only to her. And I think some of them probably would have been also upset because we know that during the process of the valkyr raising forsaken under Sylvanas's banner, they were offered choices. If you do the dark shore stuff, you do the dark shore warfront, It's choices being offered, and it's one of those weird things with, um, if you're playing Horde, that you get to experience, it's you take the Valkyr around with you, the Valkyr goes to the slain and says, do you want another chance at life? Do you want to, you know, be resurrected and serve the Dark Lady? And some of them say yes, and they get up and they join the fight, and some of them say no and turn into angry wisps and blow up or fight you. And so there's an element of that there as well. So if you're offered that choice and you think you're getting revenge or you think you're getting whatever and you're not anymore, and what you're promise isn't there anymore, I can see some of those Dark Rangers hanging back. But I could also see them teaching. And like on the Alliance side, you have void elves, you have folks that literally tap directly into the primal nature of Shadow itself. And at this point, like of course and the leader of that is at one point, a ranger. You could very clearly justify having a speck of hunters on both factions based purely on that that allowed you to be a dark ranger if you really choose to. Harnessing the power of shadow just like a priestess, just like a Void Elf does. Um, coming back from the, the forsaken you know, uh, offer and saying, I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't what I signed up for. I'm going to teach others how to survive. And, you know, be self-sufficient and teach them the tricks so that we can actually be a ranger force again. Like, I could see that happening. And I think that would actually be kind of cool. And as much as I like survival as a melee spec, I'd be willing to give it up for something like that because I think it would be flavorful. And I think it would be interesting. And it would be an interesting aftermath of everything that's happening now. So they could do it. I just, I don't think, I don't see them adding another class anytime in the near future. And we talk about this on the regular show quite a bit. Um, it's one of those things where you're looking at, what, 36 specs, 12 classes, something like, I think that's the breakdown. Mm-hmm. That's because one, one
1: class only has two specs and one class has four.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. So, I mean, maybe pulling one spec out and realigning it to suit something like this, I think that would be way more viable.
1: i got to be honest with you, man. I do not see the alliance getting dark rangers and I do not see dark rangers as particularly shadow. I think they are death, okay? They are undead and their their dark ranger abilities are all rooted around that. Like when Sylvanas turns into a banshee to attack people and then comes back to being incorporeal again. I think that's what the dark rangers that she brought up do. Uh if you wanted shadow hunters in the horde, that's what Vol'jin's guys do. That's what Vol'jin did. Vol'jin was a shadow hunter. Um I don't. I'm not buying it for the Alliance. I think you could actually have a straight up Shadow Ranger because mm-hmm. the, with the Void Elves, but they're not Dark Rangers. Oh yeah. And I also think at the same time, though, you've also got the Alliance has very different Hunter traditions, and it's like you've got the the classic Night Elf one, then you've got the troll, the Dwarf one, which is extremely mechanical. Um, they just brought in gnomes. I honestly feel like. There's all these different kinds of hunter, and the hunter class doesn't do a good job of representing all that variety within their ranks.
0: I don't know that it can, though. Just in the I don't of- know
1: if it can either. But but just porting over the forsaken flavor and saying everybody should have it, I don't I don't see that that, that doesn't work for me. It just feels like okay, now we all get to be a little forsaken. I, I don't I don't know. I I honestly almost think it would be better to have dark rangers as a horde only class than to make it something the alliance does it doesn't feel like something the alliance does at least the way things are now but we were talking before about groups that you know don't care about the alliance horde dichotomy so maybe we should get some more of that going on i don't know that's just this is just my reaction to it i feel like there's too many other things other kinds of hunter and i don't know we've talked about it before i do think there's ways to do it without changing you could do it without changing survival at all Mm. if you just did the cosmetic thing you could have various abilities that you could flavor in different ways, based on you know. Okay, now all my stuff is Dark Ranger flavored. Like, well, all my stuff is you know, uh, you know, ho- you know, horde. I mean, a dwarf rifleman flavored. I just feel like there's ways to do it that that wouldn't be just porting yeah, this man. very, very specifically forsaken thing to to be everybody.
0: Very, very valid point. I, you know, I I accept your per- your. View on I'm not
1: that, saying you're that. wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that's that's my take on it. When no, I think I think you I think,
0: you I think you make a good points. But hopefully that answers your question. Uh, we are going to go ahead and move on to our next one here. Uh, hello, watchers. I Recently replayed through the Maldraxxus campaign on one of my new alts. One of my favorite quests in WoW is the All I Will Ever Be quest line, where Alexandros Morgraine and you figure uh, and you get closure on why he was sent to Maldraxxus instead of Bastion. Morgraine comes to the conclusion that he is glad he went to Maldraxxus, in part due to his memory of his loved ones fueling his strength, and that he will restore honor to Maldraxxus. But, once you complete the entire storyline of 9.1, you find out that Bastion is going to allow people sent there to choose between giving up their memories or keeping them. So back to Morgraine's original question that sent sent him on his memory walk in Bastion. Should should he have been sent to Bastion? Wouldn't that be a better fit for him than Meldraxis, especially given the new rule changes? Uh, thanks in advance, Evil Cowid, uh, Goblin Warlock from Bleeding Hollow. Um, you kind of specify, and you, I think you answer your own question a little bit here. It wasn't until recently that Bastion has decided maybe stripping memories from our people is a bad idea. Maybe we should let them choose. So had he had gone there originally he would have had his memories stripped. And so it's not like they're giving those memories back to people. They haven't said that they're going to go through the archives and just open the vaults and give everything back to everybody, especially because a lot of those folks have reforged lives, right? They have entirely new personalities. They have entirely new bonds. They have entirely new everything about them. And we don't know how long ago that was. And so – we talk about this with like the whole forsaken thing a long time ago as well. If you are the sum of your memories and you've been all of your memories have been stripped and you're forced to rebuild from that point on, are you the same person? And it's sort of like the ship of Theseus thing, right? You've replaced everything. Can you possibly be the same person? You know, and there's a lot of complicated stuff with Pelagos, and I'm going to shut up and let Matt talk about uh, Bastion here in a minute. But like, would Pelagos, you know, had he had they gotten through and had their memories stripped and then been you know an eon goes by and then they get the offer to have all their memories back is it the same person do they remember who they are is that even remotely okay so I think I think it played out the way it needed to because Morgrane is stronger because of his memories because of who he was fighting for and going to Maldraxis at the time made the most sense because Maldraxis wanted that and Bastion had not made the change yet. We are the cause of of that change happening, so or let Matt um, let Matt give his two cents on here.
1: Oh, um, I agree with you. Sorry, I can't always be argumentative. <laughs> I mean, you've pretty much said everything I was thinking. Uh, yeah, you know, for, I mean, we we don't even know like they're they've stopped doing it now, but that doesn't mean they can just give everyone back their memories. Like, I don't know how that's gonna work. I know that they that, that memories get saved, so maybe it's possible. But it, very clearly, the system that they're using to save stuff isn't perfect. Like, there's lots of problems here. I don't think that if he'd gone to Maldraxxus at the time, they would have taken his memories away from him. And if he decided now, well, I want to go over to like I want to go over to Bastion now. I mean, he did go to Maldraxxus. I'm sorry, that was a mistake. Um, but if he said, well, I want to go to Bastion now, I mean, he's been in Maldraxxus for an indeterminate amount of time. Yeah, you know, because time doesn't work the same way there. He's experienced, for all we know, tens of thousands of years of life, or unlife, whatever. There, that's where he has been. That's where he has been fighting. It's shaped who he has become. I don't necessarily think that he'd want to go to Bastion. He is in Maldraxxus. It's the place that he's that he was chosen to go to. It's the place he's been this whole time. I don't. I'm not saying he wouldn't go to Bastion or couldn't, I just don't know that he'd want to. I, I, you, the people of Bastion aren't warriors first and foremost. They can fight and they do fight, but they're not their purpose is not the defense of, you know, the Shadowlands. They're not the the warriors. They're guardians and shepherds, and that's certainly important. Is it Mograine? Is Mograine a guardian and a shepherd first? I don't think he is. I think he fought to protect his people, but his life has been shaped and and divided by that war. There's clear demarcations of who he was before and who he was after. Mm -hmm. There's things he's done. And then since he went to Maldraxxus, there's other things he's done. He just seems to fit there better. That would be my statement. I don't think even now, yes, now in Bastion, he wouldn't have to lose his memories, but that doesn't mean he'd fit in there. Because the first thing he'd be trying to do uh, he's, he, you know, even in Maldraxxus, he rose to a leadership leadership position. He'd be trying to lead, and he'd be trying to lead as a soldier, and that's not how Bastion works. I mean, I think he is needed in Maldraxxus, and you know, Maldraxxus needs him not just it needs him to be Mo'graine in Maldraxxus, somebody who will say no, no, winning isn't everything. You do actually have to have honor. You have to do the right thing. That's what Mo, what, what both Mo'graine and Maldraxxus need. So I don't see him making that jump.
0: Yeah, and I, hopefully that answers your question. I, I I don't think anything that's happened now changes anything that would happen in the past, is really what it is. Uh, our next question comes from Stouty Poofs. Uh Question for Lorewatch. Looking at WoWpedia, I came across an unused model of Argus, and it looks eerily like the Jailer. I was wondering if you foresee a tie-in to Mr. Unmaker. Maybe some reveal when Zoval possibly transforms once he gets the sigil back, which we've already seen, but... It's a bit of an older question, I apologize. Uh, or was this just a redo of ideas like using Zaval's original look for the Primus? And second, since the Army of Light and the Burning Crusade both ultimately had a shared enemy in the Void, do you think the Dreadlords are responsible for getting the two to spend a thousand years or more beating on each other instead of focusing on a shared cause? Could those dastardly Dreadlords be duping everyone on another level past the Jailer? My brain hurts. Thanks for all you do. Um, I think we'll start with the second one first. It's entirely possible, because even at the end of the day, even with all the reveals of the Dreadlords in the current expansion and the storyline, like, yeah, they're they, they were definitely working for Denathrius, but we also don't know to what end. And I'm starting to think that maybe Denathrius had other plans that were not exactly aligned with the Jailer, or maybe he's the one that put the bug in the Jailer's ear in the first place, right? Like, we got to this, this whole reveal where, you know, at one point, Zovall got tired of the tedium of this and wanted to remake everything and then make everything serve him. And it's like, where did he get that idea from? Why did that idea occur to him? What popped up that made him do that when everybody else seems to be content in their roles? What made him different? Or was it Denathrius going to his brother and saying, hey, you know what? You should be in charge of all this. This is unfair. Like, look at you. you, you you're the biggest of us. You've got the most responsibility. You send everybody where they need to go. Um, did Denathrius get corrupted in the first place? We know that the Void is capable of breaching into the Shadowlands. We see, and Matt points this out before, you know, Bastion under siege by the Void. Why was it only there? Is that part of the reason why the Light decided that it really wanted to take war to Revendreth? Were they doing something that the Light had seen and didn't like? Like, I don't know, cottoning with void entities? That seems like something that would definitely get their jimmies in a, in a, in a rustle, right? So we don't know a whole lot of that yet. We know All we know is that zoval's looking to remake the universe essentially to suit his whims, and we don't know how he got there. It could be at the behest of Denathrius, and this could be part of his long game with the Dreadlords. But there, I think there is some possible truth to the idea of getting the two uh, factions to fight each other long enough uh, to keep like everything else occupied while the bigger plan goes on. No idea. Um, what do you think? man?
1: I mean, I don't think it's just the light in the crusade. I think they've been trying to get everybody to fight everybody. Um, whether or not that's for Denathrius, whether or not that's for something even beyond Denathrius, or if Denathrius is working for somebody else as he switched paymasters, we don't know. I mean, it is true that Denathrius... Denathrius reminds me of Kalthos a lot.
0: A lot, um, yeah. Yeah,
1: the two of them are very similar. It's actually one of those things where I find myself wondering, is there another reason that Denathrius had Kael'thas, you know, Kael'thas, Kael'thazad, um had Kael'thas there, like, did it amuse him? Or did it remind him of something? I don't know, but it does. It is possible that Denathrius is, you know, was working for the jailer when he just dis- and decided to send the the uh, dev dreadlords out to monkey with everybody's business. But there definitely does seem to be a a lot of business business being monkeyed with, uh, and it does seem to be like literally every cosmic faction that they could get into. I mean, the only one that they felt like they weren't sure if they could manipulate was the void. Because the Void, since they can kind of see all these different possible futures, they could be fully aware of what you're trying to do. I mean, and that's that's an interesting wrinkle in the whole plan. So it might be that they think they know what they're doing, but the Void is fully aware of what they're doing and is using it to their advantage. It might not even be that the Dreadlords are actually the ones ultimately in control here. Like they themselves worried, it could be that the Void simply took advantage of a situation that... They're not sane enough to engineer, but they're prescient enough to, to piggyback on, if that makes sense. Uh, they just they, The Void lacks a lot of cold, hard, rational deception because they never bother to lie to you. They just tell you so many different truths, you go mad. But they could use somebody else's deception effectively that's one thing to keep in mind i honestly you know we don't know but it's interesting to think
0: yeah and i think there's more to it and i think we will uh we'll find out more obviously as things go on i think more is going to be revealed but now let's go to the the first question uh back which is this whole idea that there might be some tie between zilval and argus this is something that gets brought up a lot. I don't know about you, Matt, but I, I know I get at least one message about this every like week or so. Yeah, no, I usually ask questions about pumpkins. That's, that's fair. Pumpkins are much better. Or, or dinosaurs. It, during the course of this recording, a pumpkin spice latte did show up in my hand. Is um, it dinosaur flavor? It is not dinosaur flavored. Well, I don't know if it's dinosaur flavored. But regardless, there's a certain aspect of the game that I think some of the assets might have been maybe reused for some of the storytelling. But I don't know if there's a direct link between Argus and Zoval. I don't know if there ever was or if there ever will be. And the reason I say that is because...
1: Think of, there is one thing I can think of. Just that it does seem to be the case that the Titans and the Eternal Ones have a connection of some sort. Right. But that's, that's it. That's all I got.
0: And especially because we know, at least in terms of our universe and the Shadowlands, the Shadowlands was already set up before we ever took it any fight to Argus. This happened well before that. And we know that for a fact, just based off of timing, talking about Denathrius, talking about the dreadlords and their interactions with everything, right? So the Legion happened in part because of the dreadlords. That it is du- interesting
1: to go back to your thing then. Since we know the dreadlords were doing stuff like watching worlds as they got void corrupted.
0: Uh-huh. And, and they
1: were aware of like world souls and how that all worked. And Basically, wanting to know more about it they might have actually been trying to steer the evolution of Titans in a direction that was useful to
0: them. Which would also lead to the whole torturing of Argus and using it as an engine um, with their arcane secrets and whatever they revealed, but also at the same time, why they're so keenly interested in Azeroth, maybe not necessarily because of Azeroth being the strongest Titan, which, you know, people say that, but again, she's still in an egg. But what if it's because they've experimented So many times already with infecting planets with void, and it's failed every single time. That's part of scientific experimentation, is doing things, noting the failures, and adjusting your process to try to get a success. What if they're just ready for the next attempt? What if that's the whole purpose, or what they're trying to do? Like you said, like going back to them looking at the void and looking at those planets.
1: Another thing to point out, Sargeras had... Multiple demons ready to torture the the world souls of the titans, yep, until they broke and and served him, like Agamemnon. And there's a Nathrasim chained up in the basement, being, right, being tortured by the same process. And clearly, they don't trust him anymore, yeah. And you'll notice, I mean, there aren't any, I can't think of any Dreadlord bosses in Um Antorus. Can you, Ramathras. there might be one. Yeah, yeah you've, I meant aside from him.
0: Yeah, but I was going to bring that up too. Like, they're they're suspiciously absent. Like, you you see in Legion, you encounter the one in Az- Azuna, and that's it.
1: No, you there you you fight one atop uh, the Cathedral of Eternal Darkness. Oh, that's
0: right, the, the, the top of the cathedral. But even it's, then, it's
1: actually the one that that Le- that Lillian fought Tichondrius.
0: Yeah, but now we know how many there are. Mm-hmm. Where were they? What were they? I mean,
1: they, they, I think there are a few others that you know, like I think Balnazar shows up and so forth. But I, I do think that it's interesting that in Antoris, there aren't any.
0: They're not there defending him.
1: Yeah, I mean, did they pull out or did he banish them? Did he tell them go somewhere else and start? You know, like well, you have the trait of Aramathras, could we could, and he's like, go somewhere else or, now.
0: Or yeah. was that part of the plan? Because Sargeras was the last Titan in a position of power enough to still cleave a planet in twain, if he so choose. And yet, and and we know that he did do that. So maybe that was on purpose. Maybe they left him to fend for himself because they wanted us to get him locked away at the seat of the Pantheon, where none of the Titans can interact with us anymore, because they're all locked away in that little prison state. What if that was their chess game, just to get the Titans out of the picture? And instead of it having anything to do specifically with Argus being tied to Zoval, it was getting Argus taken care of because a rampaging world soul born into a Titan that is absolutely mad after eons of being tortured and uses a power source for an engine of torture and is very clearly in pain and not in their right mind through the universe. Because up to this point, the only other Titan that had been like, again, Reborn was Agammar, who was wholly broken and loyal to to Sargeras. How much damage would would the Unmaker do in the universe just going absolutely haywire?
1: I mean, that assumes that they wouldn't want that.
0: <laughs> maybe but they don't.
1: That, maybe they don't. But uh, it also it'd be interesting if Sargeras was starting to suspect them. Mm-hmm. He's and not that's dumb. why he had that's why he had Varimathris down in the basement, where he could be tortured by the same people that broke Aggramar. Uh Sargeras knew that killing them didn't work because he'd done it before. So it is interesting to me to think about what might've been going on there. If Sargeras was starting to understand that he was being manipulated. Yeah. That doesn't, of course, that doesn't change the fact that they might've very fact bailed at the right moment because they're really good at bailing at the right moment. Yeah, yeah they are. You know, they might've been like, okay, and now we're not going to be around, you know, because either way, you know, you don't see him in Antorus that I can think of. There's just not that many present. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean that is interesting to think about. Doesn't really answer the question, but we don't really know. I mean, obviously, it. I mean, I don't think that the Argus model was supposed to look like the jailer. I think they were just working on jailer concepts.
0: I think so too. But
1: it it is entirely one of the interesting things is one of the shadows of the 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 jailer that they had back in BlizzCon. One of the silhouettes doesn't look anything like the jailer as we first encountered him. Does look like the jailer after he gets his the Arbiter part back. Yes. And so I think that's interesting, too.
0: Yeah, and I think, and, and I'm going to double down on it. I think that the only relation between uh, Zoval and the Unmaker is the Titan connection, as was pointed out by Matt, and maybe as a chess piece. And that's it. And I think that everything that we've, we the interactions between the two, um, I don't think that Argus is Zoval in any way, shape, or form. I don't think that is entirely, I don't, I think the story has flat out proven at this point that that is not possible. Um, but I think there may have been knowledge of it, and I think that Zolval is smart enough, and if not Zolval, the Denathrius and uh, the Dreadlords, to position all of those pieces in a very specific way to keep things going. And it's one of the things I do like, is looking back on this and now starting to second-guess all of the choices that we made, I often make a joke uh, about we are the best and worst thing that ever happened to Azeroth because we just moved from horrific event to horrific event. And we're very reactionary never clean things up. And now I'm starting to wonder if that's not entirely our choice. And if maybe that's all been orchestrated from the very, very beginning to keep us essentially, you know, busy because if we had any time to sit down and actually think about things, maybe we wouldn't make these choices. So you just throw everything you can at all the heroes and all the power base to keep them occupied and then get them to remove the pieces from the board that you don't want to deal with anymore, or the obstacles that you have in your way, you get them to remove for you. It's very Xanatos and I'm kind of here for it. So, but I think that's going to do it unless there's anything else you want to add.
1: Uh, the world's pumpkin production, 50% of it annually comes from either I, uh, India or China. <laughs>
0: I uh, wanted to add that. I, I appreciate that. Uh, Thank you all. This has been Pumpkin Watch, um, but Blizzard Watch is made possible due to generous contributions at Patreon.com/slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads free site experience. Uh, again, if you do have questions for this podcast or the other podcast, be sure to send them into podcast at blizzardwatch.com or one of our several Patreon channels. Specify which podcast it is for. Uh, and as a reminder, all of us at Blizzard Watch stand with the employees of Activision Blizzard in demanding change for a better tomorrow and a safe work environment.